ברוכים הבואים בשם השם, ברכנוכם מבייס השם. We begin our to embark on the Nukomish, second of the five books, Shemais, Exodus. Where does one come to the other? The translation of the word Shemais, the Eilash Shemais, B'nai Yisrael, Shemais means names. Why would we translate Shemais to be Exodus? Truth be told, the Chumash, second book, embarks on the exodus of the Jewish nation as the Jews begin to go into exile. Mitzrayim, Egypt, Mitzrayim, the word Mitzrayim is derived from the word Metzorim, <coughs> boundaries, where the Jews were now restricted in Mitzarim or Gvulim. You gotta start sending a text message every week. <laughs> and therefore, the Metzarim and Gvulim, which the Jews have now entered, of Mitzrayim, is therefore by the beginning of exile. Golos, as we know it, exile as we know it, begins with <coughs> Egypt. Egypt being the first of the four, and thereby also bringing the concept of a Jewish nation under the rulership of another nation. Shemais begins Ve'ela Shemais B'nai Yisrael Habayim Mitzrayimah These are the names of the B'nai Yisrael that came to Egypt. There are people that sit and in Yiddish the expression is De'kachzach which would be a lousy thing to translate into English directly because you would say they cooked themselves. Yeah, in another minute I'm going to explode. Um, they 
don't just take Torah for face value. Torah and face value is a beautiful thing. But Torah has four ways of learning. There's Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Said. Pshat is the actual explanation. And we explained this many times. People enjoy Said. There are people that thrive on learning Said, the secrets of Torah. The Kabbalistic secrets of Theta. The Kabbalistic connotations that are brought about in Theta. And thereby they study the works of the Ariyah Kodesh. Honestly, open it up, don't offer it closed. Honestly, if you took me into the cockpit of a plane and had the pilot explain to me what was going on, ups and the downs, what's making them right, what's keeping the, you'd lose me somewhere in a cloud. <laughs> you know, the good speakers always, when you mention something, they say, oh, you mentioned that already. Um, I've told the story before. Anyway, the, pa- the, pa- the passengers are sitting in the seats on the plane, and suddenly they see coming onto the plane up the uh, <coughs> the, the uh, entrance, the hallway over there. They see two men dressed in pilot uniforms. With seeing eye dogs. And they figure they must be emeritus, they must be old pilots, and they're being given the chance to fly again, to go on a flight with this airline which they worked for probably years and they retired, and therefore they're wearing their full garb and everything, and you know, you entertain the old person. Much of the chagrin of the people. Instead of making a right into the cabin where the people are sitting, they made a left into the cockpit. And the people were a little bit taken back. They said, maybe there's a game, maybe it's a prank, maybe it's a joke. No. This is your captain speaking. Prepare for takeoff. Fasten your seatbelts. Security. Okay. Gunished. And the plane starts going down the runway. And it's picking up speed. And it's going faster and faster, but it's not leaving it off the ground. Suddenly the passengers notice they're heading straight into the ocean. The end of the runway is the water. And they get hysterical and everybody starts to scream. And as soon as they start screaming, boom, plane lifts off. Apparently the pilot forgot to switch off this mic. And you hear one pilot today to the other one, Jerry... One day they ain't going to scream and we're going to end up in the water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, in essence, if you explain to me these things, I, I wouldn't begin to know. And there are those people that decide they have to learn Said, they have to learn Kabbalah, and they're studying Kabbalah. And they think they even know what they're studying. 
they feel that they understand it. And when you explain to them about a neshama, you explain to them about a soul, and you explain to them the source of a soul, and you explain to them the richness, they really think, hey, I understand that. <laughs> These people dance with the angels. It's amazing. There are those that say that until the age of 40, one should not begin to study Kabbalah. So I guess, accumulatively here around the table, we should just be about ready to study. <laughs> uh, we got a few people online also here on Skype, so between all of us, we're just about hit 40. Kabbalah, the Seyed Shebeteda, the Rosen Shebeteda, is definitely a beautiful learning. But are we ready for that yet? Let us begin with Pshat. Let us begin with the simple explanation of the Pasuk. The learning of the Ben Chamesh Lemikra, the five-year-old. But what we really do find that everyone always finds interesting is a remez. The hints that there are in the Teda. I don't know if any of you ever read up on these things, but I believe someone found, I don't remember in what it was, if it's an actual Teda, or in a Vium, or a Ksuvim, or a Megillus, they took every 17th letter of something, I don't know what it was, it happens with age, we begin to forget these things, every 17th letter, and they figured out, they got the name Eichmann, and this is all by the Eichmann trials, uh, you do remember something like that, Megillah. it was in the Megillah, sons. by Haman's sons or yeah, something, sons. sons of Haman, and it came up and it brought up the name of Eichmann and his trial and his death and his hanging, it was just... And you know something, when you say it to somebody, you show it to them, the first, it's interesting, they smile. They're not laughing at it. They're not laughing out of happiness. It's so beautiful. Teda is so... So when it comes to remes of Teda, people get very, very... When it comes to gematria, if you come up with a gematria that really rings... No, like the gematria I gave you, about the person that says insomnia. Oh, yeah. I have to remember the words, actually. I can't remember them. Um. It's a person, if a person suffers from insomnia, oh, I can't remember the Hebrew wording for it. But it's the same gematria as the word Sudas David Malcolm Meshicha which refers to the Malva Malka. For those of you who got your invitation already, by email, if you didn't get it, you're either lacking email, or service, or I didn't send it to you, but I think I sent it. You might not have gotten it yet. Um, in two weeks, Matzah Shabbos, Pashas Bay, we'll have here Mitzvah Malva Malka, here in the house, in honor of the uh, milestone of 55. On one leg? Huh? On one leg? 
One leg. <laughs> it comes out, I think, January January 19th. It's Cheshvat. Well, it's going to be Teshvat, actually. Saturday night will be Teshvat. So we will have here Mitzvah Menor Malka, 8 o'clock in the evening. Everybody's welcome to come join from far and near. We look forward to hosting everybody. If you want to stop, you can start drinking from before Shabbos, yes. Or else we'll drink from Matzah Shabbos till after Yishvat. That could do. I have a pen, of course. No, I don't have blue pens. The Eila is how the Tater starts the Pasuk. But the first four words thereafter are Shmeis B'nei Yisrael Haboyim. Shmeis is written with a Shin, starts with a Shin. B'nei starts with a Bez. Yisrael starts with a Yud. Haboyim starts with a Hey. Which is the word Shivya. Shivya meaning captivity. This, therefore, is the first reference to Golos. And therefore, we could perhaps say why Shemais is called the book of Exodus. That is Shemais? In front of you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll borrow it. No, it's fine. It's got this one already. Let us take that very Pasuk. We've said many, many times, <laughs> maybe not. We've said many, many times. It starts from the beginning. <coughs> the Almighty, in His ominous wisdom, always prepares the refuah before the makkah. Always prepares the medication before there's any kind of disease. And the first hint to that we see in the Talmud in that the tractate of Gittin comes before the tractate of Kedushin. So, <laughs> leads us that the concept of divorce is always there to tell us, don't worry. If Kedushin gets rough, you know that God already created the mitzvah. In the Pasuk here, which refers to Shemais B'nai Yisrael Abayim, as we said, the acronym of Shivya, we have the solution to the actual exile. And not only the solution to the exile, but the actual solution that took the Jews out of Egypt. Firstly, Shemais. The Jews kept their Hebrew name. They stuck to their names. Then we see the words B'nai Yisrael Habayim Mitzrayimah Finish with the letters Yud Lamid Mem Hey, which is the letters of Milo, because the Jews kept the mitzvah of Milo. So now they have the names and the Milo that they kept. Ace Yaakov Ish, also the last letters of the three words Ace Yaakov and Ish, Atof, Bez, and Shin which is the acronym for the word Shabbos, which they also kept in Mitzrayim, another merit which they had, and another merit that's hinted in this Pasuk, Bo'u, the Pasuk finishes off, Eis Yaakov, Ishu Bo'u, 
Ba'u, the numerical value of the word Ba'u, Be'ez is two, Aleph is one, is three, and Vav is six, is nine, is the same numerical value as the word Beged. Be'ez two, Gimel three is five, and Dalit is four, is nine. So therefore, Ba'u was another thing that the Jews kept sacred, their garment, a Jew dressed like a Jew, the women were with sneers, and this is also one of the merits which brought took the Jews out of Egypt. Tonight, today actually was Chof Teves, the 20th day of the month of Teves, which is the yard site, the passing, commemorating the passing of the Rambam Rabbeinu Meshe Bemaimon. On Matzah Shabbos, Mi'at Hashem, will be Chavdalet Teves, which will commemorate 200 years of the passing of the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe. So we will, Mi'at Hashem, dedicate some time this evening's shir to both the Rambam and the story of the passing of the Alter Rebbe, and talk about a little bit their missions. A common denominator that they both have on the Rambam's Matseva, on his tombstone, wherever that may be, because the story of his burial is a very, very, very powerful story, as was the story of the burial of the Alter Rebbe. That was one little thing they had in common. Ultimately, because the, the, that's where they got, he, carry, he got carried to. Yeah. On his tombstone, it's written, Mimesha Lemesha Lekom Kemesha. From one Mesha to the next Mesha, nobody was able to stand up that was similar to them. Referring, of course, to Mesha Rabbeinu. Till there was nobody like them in between. Now, if you listen to what we just said, we refer to one as Moshe Rabbeinu, and the other one is Rabbeinu Moshe. Now, Rabbeinu Moshe makes sense. Everyone's called rabbi such and such. The rabbi is a title. <coughs> you know, I don't know if you ever did this to anybody. You call a company sometimes, and the person picks up the phone and says, uh, this is this company, Joy Speaking. I said, is speaking your last name? And they just freeze. So what? Is speaking your last name? You just said Joy Speaking. Is speaking your last name? And it takes them, I don't know how long till they understand what this lunatic just said. Uh, but really the problem is, and what really makes embarrasses me ultimately, I shouldn't even say it, is they, when I do that to Joyce, she says, oh, hi, Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> she, she knows who the Meshigana is. Um, but a title, 
Rabbi such and such, Rabbeinu such and such makes sense. By saying Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu wasn't his last name. What happened here? The question we'd like to really know if we learned Chitas, we learned the Pasha this week, we see that little baby Moshe is born, much to the chagrin of Parai, who put out a decree that any boy should be thrown into the river. The Shifra and Pua Corporation were not listening. And they were letting the boys live. Parai knew the downfall of this Savior of the Jewish nation would be through the water. And that's why he came up with this decree that they should be thrown into the water. His stargazers told him this. His astrologers told him this. So that's why he wanted him thrown into the water. He figured that would be how to destroy him. And what happens? Baby Moshe is born. And after a few months, because he was a preemie, so his mother was able to keep him in the house, they kept track of all the babies that were being born. So now, after a few months, now that he was born in the seventh month, it was now the full term of her pregnancy. She had no choice but to reveal that she had this baby. And it was indeed a boy. So now that she revealed the baby, she had to take the baby and put him in the water. Tara tells us that the mother and the sister stood by the water and watched the baby float. Sister, goodbye. <coughs> and when it's watched the baby float, see what will happen. Come around. Yeah. <laughs> and as the baby floated, I get the postcard. And the cake. <laughs> as the baby floated. Jesse, he wants to know where your keeper is. <coughs> ah, come on, not cool, man. Pare's daughter was going for a swim. Now the question is, what swim was she taking? And the Farshim say that she was going to be Megaya. She was going to convert. And as she came to the river, she saw this little boy, this little bassinet, it was a different type of bassinet it was actually a very classy one he had a Cadillac it was smeared with tar and everything else they wanted to make sure that the uh, mosquitoes didn't get him doesn't tar have a bad smell? yeah the mosquitoes shouldn't get him and Paris' daughter wanted this basket In English, we say it was out of arm's distance. Arm's reach. Arm's reach, thank you. Magic tells us miraculously her arm stretched. 
And she pulls them out of the water, and she decides she's going to keep this baby boy. And since she pulled him out of the water, minhamayim, like like Ronan just said, minhamayim mishisiu, I pulled him out of the water. Therefore, says the Taylor, she said, she called him Moshe. What does Moshe mean? Minhamayim mishisiu. I pulled into an Egyptian. Now the question is, as we just Egyptian explained, must be. It was Hebrew, would be minhamayim mishisiu. Besides that meaning, what else <laughs> meaning does it have? No. Question we have though. <coughs> we just elaborately explained that Moshe was a, was a preemie. Moshe was born months before. Lived in his parents' house for for months. What do they call him till then? Baby. They didn't call him baby. Gemara says they called him. There's different opinions. They called him Taiv or they called him Tuvia. Not heavy, he had nothing to do with Fiddle on the Roof, at all. <laughs> um, the different names that the Gemara says he might have been called. Because he was born with the Brismil already. He was born Gemalot. So in that case, we spoke last week that Yosef died in Egypt. Why does the Taylor elaborate again Yosef died in Egypt? Because the Torah is telling us that even though he was given a name Tzofnas Paneach, he kept the name Yosef. He never changed his name Yosef. Moshe was given a name by an Egyptian princess. Haitochen, he kept his name. Why didn't he revert to Taiv or to Tuvia to... So God refers to him as Moshe. God. Why does and God also calls him that? Moshe, Moshe, double calls him because Moshe Rabbeinu. The name Moshe was his teacher. Whenever someone called him Moshe, mm. it reminded him he had to have Hakaris Hatev. He had to recognize the good that was done to him, the favor that he was granted by the daughter of Pari, that she saved his life. So therefore he allowed himself to be called and referred to as Moshe, and the Abishta himself calls him Moshe, to always bring about that warm feeling that he had for Batya Bas Pari. What did Moshe go out and do? Moshe takes a uh, little stroll in Egypt and sees an Egyptian beating a Jew, packs him up with the holy name of God. Pass him some cake. You can have some. Otherwise, you finish the whole thing. Yeah. And he. Says he pronounces one of God's holy names, and thereby the Egyptian gets swallowed up in the ground. No, 
Wonderful story. Meishu is a very holy person. We see, we know wow. that. The soul was very, very holy. The soul was very holy, okay. But there's no souls in time. In a napkin. There was a mouth to teach him in Paris. So what happens? Meishu sees a Jew raise a hand to another Jew. And as soon as he ha- sees him raise a hand, he doesn't wait for him to hit. Immediately, yikes. Immediately, he calls him Russia. He didn't hit him. He only picked up his hand to him. Hey, that's not working. One second. I'm trying to add you here. I know it is. Why doesn't he text? Told him to text me. I asked him. I asked everybody. If you're coming in late on the Skype, you should text me, and I would add you. I shall. What's going on? Hello, Earth calling. I'm talking to myself. Should I send regards? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I left that screen over there. Where's your laptop? Give me a hard time. It's not turning on. You turn it on and turn off right away. Okay, you I want to see if it's the battery. It's the battery. Uh, but it's plugged in, so it should work regardless. Yeah. There you are. Okay. I got my wedding pictures. Oh, they gave it to me? Chaim to the fresca. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it works. Yo, you really don't want. Yeah. Oh, you really don't know what you're missing. But at the at the end of the end of the end. They're missing this. And this was said that a freshman today. We got fresco this week, yeah. He doesn't have his. Not them. Hmm. I'll drink for you. Okay. Back to the regular schedule program. Sees this happen, and the Jew says, You're going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Says, How did anyone find out about this? And Mesha has to run away from Egypt. Mesha ends up in Midian. In the courthouse of, in the house of Yisrael. He comes to the house of Yisrael. He marries the daughter of Yisrael. Becomes a shepherd. Moshe Haya Roya. Moshe. Shmei Rabbi the Medrash tells us. As Meishe Rabbeinu was shepherding the sheep, the sheep, all sheep, it's not proper English, the sheep of Yisrael in the desert, Barach Mimenagdi, a little tzigala ran away from him. Virat Zacharav and he chased him. Finally, Nizdamalei Berecha Shalmayim. The little Gdi arrived at a little body of water. 
and the Gdi stopped to drink. Moshe arrived next to the sheep drinking and he says to him, Omar, I didn't know you were running because you were thirsty, poor Tzigala. He felt so bad for this little Shepsala. Says the Medish. Moshe continues the conversation with the little Tzigala. Oye Fato, you're tired. You had to run that book so far for water. He lifted up, he hoisted the tzigula on his shoulder and he took him back to the rest of the sheep. You can take another piece. Says the Eibishter. You have such compassion to lead sheep belonging to a people. <coughs> On your life, therefore, I see to it that you will now look after the sheep of the Jews, the flock of the Jews. In Esther Rabbah, this is in Shemitz Rabbah. In Esther Rabbah it says, this Galgul Rachmav Shal Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Ebishes Rachmanes came rolling over, so we say it. Vama Makkel Godl Azesh Ani Shemei Akidim Etloim. What is this voice that I hear? It uh, sounds like the bleeding, the bleating of sheep. Omad Meishir Abeinu Meishir Abeinu stood up with Nei Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Omar and he said, Rebbeinu Master of the Universe. Katanei Amcha. These are the small part of poor people of your nation. V'nimtza, therefore, we find that Gedim are referred to as Katanei Amcha. Who are the Katanei Amcha? The Taneik Yashabitzraban. The children of the nation. This, therefore, is a direct, says the Rebbe, directive to each and every one of us in service to the Almighty. Just as Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a shepherd of the Jewish nation, did not compromise with the smallest little Shepsalah, so too we may not compromise. If we know of a Jewish child that is not in Yeshiva Rachman al-Islam, or that is running off the path and not doing and behaving the way they're taught, not doing and behaving the way they're being brought up, their upbringings, we have to do all that we can. We have to involve ourselves Till Mesiris Nefesh to bring back this child to the Tzayn Kachim. This is also a common denominator between Rabbi Rabbeinu Meshe ben Maimon and the Alter Rebbe. 
Rabbeinu Meshe B'Maimon suffered. You would think the king's physician, a man with such brilliance, <coughs> such a phenomenal reputation, and the things we hear about him and everything, we would think this man lived like a prince. He suffered tremendously, physically, in the courts of the king. But yet, he sought to it to produce the 14, the Yad Chazaka, the Mishneh Teira, the Mishneh Teira of the Rambam, which is now available to the Jewish nation in many different languages, first of all. But there is also another part that the Rambam put aside, Sefer HaMitzvahs, where he takes the 613 mitzvahs and also in a small synopsis of each and every one of them. The Rebbe instituted the study of Rambam daily, just like there is the study of Chitas, of Chumash, Tilim and Tanya, of learning Chumash of the day, of this week's Parsha, for example, today, Wednesday, to learn from Ravi Tehamishi of Parsha Shemais with Rashi. The Tilim of the day, the, the Tehillim is divided in 30 parts, 30 days, to say the daily portion of Tehillim, or part of that if you can't, the whole thing. And the Tanya, which is divided up for the course of the year, each Tanya has in the back a Meirashir, or today the Tanyas have a marking on the side. Anyone who would like a Tanya, we can give you a Tanya that we printed in Myanmar. In what's today, it was once Rangoon, Burma, and is now called Myanmar. It's right behind you, actually. Not according to America. Yeah. Um, in honor of my son Mendy's bar mitzvah, Mendy on Friday Mitchum, will be turning 18. And we printed, in his honor of his bar mitzvah, we had printed a Tanya in Myanmar. Um, the reason we chose Myanmar, Rangoon, <coughs> is because the birthplace of Mendy's mother and Mendy's grandfather. Um, my, my wife, Zangizun, and her father, my father in law, were born in Burma, famous road to Burma, Yangon, Myanmar. Those who need to see it any better. Tax deductible is. But if you come, oh, by the way, you missed it before. You weren't. Uh, I, I sent you an invitation. I don't know if you got it in the email. You did. Oh, you got. <laughs> He's got. Shows you his phone. So we're expecting you that weekend. Um, making up the bed already and um, you'll come for that you'll get one of those tanyas I'm not mailing it to you no, not happening Um, so the chitas in addition to learning of chitas the Rebbe instituted the study of Rambam the Rebbe instituted three different ways that we could study Rambam either we study it one chapter a day, which would finish every three and a half years, the entire Rambam. 
or three chapters a day, which finishes about once a year, <coughs> or just at least to learn the Sefer HaMitzvahs. The Sefer HaMitzvahs, the Rambam, is divided according to the Shir that's being studied that day in the three Perakim. According to that Shir, that's how the Sefer HaMitzvahs, that's the Mitzvahs of that Shir. On my phone I only have three Perakim a day, but you can definitely, I'm sure, download yeah. one Perak a day or yes, you can. Sefer HaMitzvahs, I'm sure, also. Find them the App Store or go to. Yeah. Uh, Jewish Content Better. You're so kind. Kevin Bing. Right. Definitely. Someone has changed. Huh? Let me discover. A dollar. Yeah, she's going to make six. And of course, as now as we're discussing in the Rambam, which day was paying Zion, Chess, and Tess. You stupid, So it, it would be a nice resolution for tonight to those that don't, didn't start yet to begin the study of Chitas and of course Rambam in honor of the yard site of the Rambam. It's actually a Chabad Shir. This is, have, this is how you keep the mics closed. Ah... That's the, that's the explanation for the tardiness. Okay, accepted. <laughs> I thought he, he didn't learn how to do it on Skype yet. <laughs> okay. Um, back to the actual discussion of Rambam. As Rambam, the Rambam, as we said, suffered greatly under the in the palace, even living in the palace, the Alter Rebbe was battling, besides the battle of assimilation that was going on, and it's always going on in the gen- every generation, every generation they're standing to try to destroy us, to decide to eradicate us, Each generation differently. Some are stop. Some are physically. Some are spiritually. Some mentally. Besides the norm of the battles, the Rebbe also had a problem with Napoleon Bonaparte. Bonaparte. Napoleon from Borough Park, yeah. He's just his neighbor. Yeah. Ronan's neighbor. I don't know Bonaparte. Napoleon Bonaparte was marching. So cold. Yeah. Randall doesn't get steam here. Don't worry about running out of oil. Um, a lady is in Switzerland. Not yet, on the way, she's en route. Napoleon Bonaparte. That's why it's so quiet. <laughs> was doing quite a march. 
was doing quite a led quite bat, quite many many battles and was running over about a lot of countries. He captured most of Europe and it said about Tishabov time that he set out to capture Russia as well. There's no real reason physically why Napoleon should not have been able to conquer Russia. Ultimately, his major loss that he took was in winter, where he was not equipped to fight in the winter. He was turned away. Although he does capture Moscow, Al-Khavdala Tevis, without ever passed away, he was driven out of Moscow. The Altareb was adamantly against Napoleon because he felt that although <coughs> the Jews might be doing better physically, monetarily, they might have better houses, they might be more respected on the street, they might get along easier, life might be easier for them, it would also be frivolous for them. They'd also become frivolous. And it was happening at just that. All the towns that Napoleon already conquered, the Jews were free now. They were free to serve. They were also free to come to the parties. And the people, the soldiers that were there, whatever it was, Napoleon's people, invited all the Jews to parties, and it was similar to the times of Ahasuerus, where the Jews unfortunately partook in parties, A, the Tznius issues, and B, the Kashrus issues, and the idea of the assimilation of mixing was not a good thing. And therefore, the Altarebbe felt that Napoleon might make it more comfortable for the Jews, but that comfort was dangerous. Therefore, the Altarebbe fought tooth and nail. So much so that he had a spy in Napoleon's camp <coughs> for the Russian government. A Jewish spy that spoke, was multilingual, was able to give Napoleon input and insight on where the Russian roads were, etc., and whereas Napoleon thought this man was actually helping him, he was spying and giving all the information to the Russians and deterring many, many different attacks. Ultimately, many years after, when the Al-Tarebbe passed away, his son, the Mitlarebbe, took over. The government rewarded the Mitlarebbe a lot of properties and rewards in recognition for what the Al-Tarebbe did for the government. Although during the time of the Altarebbe's lifetime, he was imprisoned for treason, <laughs> for being treasonous, etc. But here they understood that what he did for Napoleon. One such incident, which is a very interesting story because it's it's known. Is the reason for that? Sorry, Brian Cashman. 
was known for forever. What? Four That Al Rebbe had his opinion about Napoleon, and many, many, most other Gedolim in Russia had a total opposite. One of them, according to the story, was Shleima Karlina. And they decided that whoever blows Shefer, that Rosh Hashanah first, their person is going to win. Now, Terebbe would blow Shefer first, the Tsar would win. And if Karlina blew Shefer first, then Napoleon would win. As the story has it, that the, the, the Karlina got, got up very early and started davening as soon as he was able to. So he reached Kiyah Shefer, where he, the time that he imagined the Al-Tarebbe might just be starting to daven, and he blew Shefer. But as he blew Shefer, and he got, as he got up to blow Shefer, he said, nah, the Al-Tarebbe already beat me. He knew it already. And the fact was, it was that such, because the Al-Tarebbe also got up early, but the Al-Tarebbe didn't wait to daven Shachris. He blew Shefer before Shachris. Generally, Shefer is before Musaf, the Al-Tarebbe said there's nothing wrong with blowing before Shachris. So Al-Tarebbe blew before Shachris. Now, the Rebbe writes that the story is true. That the Al-Tarebbe did have this Yichsuch, this little dispute. But the Rebbe says there's a little discrepancy here that doesn't work. And it's interesting because truthfully, <coughs> I grew up knowing the story of Shleim Kalina. But the Rebbe writes that Shleimah Kalina died many years before this. He died before the war. So it was either Menlerimleva or the Kajnitsa. But the story definitely did happen. The characters were changed to protect the innocent. Um, <laughs> no, that was wrong. That was really, really thoroughly wrong. Um, the Altarebbe, therefore, was on the run from the from Napoleon, but the Altarebbe was concerned about the people being thrown into panic, and therefore tried to hold out as long as he could in the Adi, and literally last minute, in the last hours, he picked himself up and packed out, they say, there was up to 60 chassidim that went with them. There were wagons and wagons that traveled out of the Yadi. <coughs> um, the Altarebbe was very concerned that nothing should be left. And they say even that the Altarebbe went back. He got an old pair of slippers because apparently Napoleon had sorcery powers and he didn't want to, the Altarebbe didn't want to deal with this. But there are documentations. And ultimately, the Al-Tarebbe burnt down the house. And the Rebbe Al-Tarebbe also told them to take everything out of the shul, which is next to the house. And as soon as Napoleon came to town, it's documented, if you can find the documentation of Napoleon's instructions, that when they get to the Adi, they should catch Beruchov. They should catch the Al-Tarebbe. Al-Tarebbe's father's name was Baruch. And in those days he didn't use the last name, he didn't have Shneason, because it was Baruchov, which is the son of Baruch. Well, well, fine. Well, 
Borchov. Um, but in, the, in Napoleon's papers, he actually wanted to catch the Altarebbe because he knew the Altarebbe's strong opposition against him. The Altarebbe, ultimately, as we said, does run away. But this travel, this journey of the chase of the running, took a toll on the Altarebbe. And although he wanted to go to Poltava, he ended up in Piena, which I'm sure you all know exactly where they are on the map. Poltava, Piena, and Kherson, Kherson, and Hadic, and Nezhen. It's all, you know, it's in your backyard. It's in your common social studies class. <laughs> Definitely. And um, he ended up in Piena, and it's in Piena that Dr. Rebbe passes away on Chavdala Tevis. As it is this year, Motzah Shabbos Kedish, Pasha Shemais. After Abdullah, though, the Alter Rebbe wrote down before right before his passing. He wrote a little note, saying that the main purpose of an Ashama of an Ashama's descent, <coughs> the main purpose of an Ashama's descent to this world, in addition to Torah study is to do a favor for another Jew in whatever way possible. At approximately 10.30, the Altarebbe passed away. And it's this year, as we said, it's 200 years. In Tavshin Chav Gimel, 5763, I'm sure you all remember the year well, 1963. Wasn't born. Nah. No way. Nah. I'm afraid to say I'm the only one here that was. Um, In 1963. 67. Whoa. Yo, dude. What? 67. Shut up. Hey, hey! It won't help. Lights are on, nobody's home. <coughs> Where was your father born? There you go. Anyway, 1963, it was also Matzah Pasha and the Rebbe all of a sudden came to Febrein at 10.25. Usually the Rebbe Fabreng at 8.30 and then in the later days at 9.30. No, no one saw that. No, somebody typed something on Skype. Nobody sees what's going on here on Skype. Yeah, that does work. ABS. Okay. But we can definitely talk about that afterwards. 
Um, Where we started at 10.25. 10.25, thank you. The Rebbe came down, which is a, a problem, apparently the same time that the Alter Rebbe passed away. And the Rebbe asked to sing Avinu Akenu, which is the Nigan of the Alter Rebbe. And then the Alter Rebbe's Dalit Bovis. Then the Rebbe spoke. Then the Alter Rebbe spoke. Then the Rebbe spoke that by learning of the tzaddik in the time that he had passed away is like writing a letter to him and communicating with him on that moment so therefore anyone that can this month of Shabbos I believe yeshiva.net I think that's what it's called yeshiva.net will have live shiurim of chassidus of the Alter Rebbe um, or if anybody wants, they can come here. We can sit and learn Chassidus without the Rebbe, Tanya, or whatever else it may be. Kutatayda, Tayyar. To connect with the Alter Rebbe on the moments of the yard site. The Pasuk tells us in this week's Parsha, just to conclude with this, although there was other things I wanted to say, Vayamas Yasef v'chol Echa v'chol Aderahu. Once again, the Tera tells us how Yasef passed away, and all his brothers, and the entire generation. The simple question that the Benchamish the Mikra wants to know it might be a different book, but just an Ahmed before that, in the Sefer Teda, it says that Yosef passed away. It says, Vayamas Yosef. If you want to tell me the generation now is totally gone, write Vayamusu Kol Bina Yaakov All the children of Yaakov, the entire generation passed away. Why again repeating Yesus passing? The Yemara Yerushalmi tells us by Shimshon Agibar there are two opinions, not two opinions, there are two psukim that refer to the reign of Shimshon Agibar. One says he reigned for 20 years and one says he reigned for 40 years. Now, either it was 20 or it was 40. I mean, let's do your math and check his, his, his diary or check the history and you'll see from what year to what year he reigned. What Elamai, Shimshon Agibar put fear in everyone's heart. He was a judge, a shepherd, but the him trembled when they heard the name. If someone said, Shimshin is coming, it sent everybody into a panic. When Shimshin died, that didn't go away. 
that fear factor remained for another 20 years. And therefore, both opinions are correct. He was the Shafit actually, physically for 20 years. But Shimshin, the concept, the name, Shimshin ruled for 40. Because 20 years thereafter, people still shook when they heard his name. Therefore, we see the same thing by Yosef. Let's call a spade a spade. Abraham Lincoln. Ask any fifth grader in America, he'll tell you he freed the slaves. George Washington, first president. Why did George Washington tell his men when they were crossing the Delaware? We all know the quote. Hurry up, men, we only have the boat for an hour. Yes. No, you weren't there, huh? I, I remember it well. But how many hundreds of years ago was this? And chick-chuck, everybody remembers George Washington. Carry a big stick. All these different presidents. Common knowledge. You want to tell me, a guy like Yosef, who saved the entire country, or the world, because he saw to it they had food, and he saw to it the food, got forgotten? <laughs> the people didn't know Yosef anymore, it was gone, the whole, are you crazy? It, it makes no sense. So this is therefore when it says, that Yosef died, Yosef passed away in Pasha Vayechi. But now already in Shemais, generations later, Vayamas Yosef, the name Yosef also passed away. The Yosef was no longer with the people. And this is therefore Vayakam Yosef. As long as there was life still from the previous generation, everybody remembered what Yosef did for them. But now that there was nobody left, the entire generation was gone, now it came to a stage with Shalayadas Yasef. Because now it was an Indian, he was concept of death. And therefore we see it's not a double Pasuk, but rather one talked about the passing of Yasef physically, and one tells us how the generations had totally forgotten and lost Yasef's name, and therefore Yosef was now dead amongst the people. But since this week, as we say, it's Chavdal Tevis, and today Chav Tevis, and we know that on Nishama, on the yard side, has an Eli Olol, as it goes up higher and higher, and therefore the level which the Nishamas are going to raise, are going to go up, are definitely going to stand and pray in our stead. May we merit that the Nishamas of both the Rambam, and the Alter Rebbe will see to it that this Shabbos we should begin to see the fruition of the mitzvahs of the Yidin going out of Mitzrayim and should be the going out of the Golas, going out of all exiles and going into Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh, B'mehera v'yameinu, Amen. Shabbat Shalom to all. Anybody else has to contact back on Skype and call me after.